It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. Is this a push from the powers of B to make it a two episodes a week, a bit like Coronation Street? Uh, JP, early time for you today, mate. How are you? <laughs> Never been referred to as Coronation Street before, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. How are we, bro? Oh. How is that, mate? How is, how's the Soccer World Cup? Wow. Yeah, it's mate. it's better than I expected. I thought it would take oh. off, but it is it has gone bang, hasn't it? Oh, it really has. Look, there's, it just shows if – the investment is there um, from a from a financial side in terms of being able to be as professional as possible. Because you know, you, you look at uh, across the board in women's sport, the games that have excelled are the games where they piled in enough infrastructure and money into the sport, so you get faster, fitter, um, more skillful, and obviously, soccer is the world game. Um, we're we're reaping the benefits as 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 spectators. It's just wow um, to see where this game might be in another decade to two decades is oh yeah what a product what are you, a product. Are you te- you, you've got about five daughters? Are you tempted to take them <laughs> take them to a game? Um, oh, no, it's not, they're not big on daughters. One doesn't want to play sport at all. She's a dancer slash piano girl. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the other ones, yeah, dabbled in a bit of touch. But one actually wants to play footy. And I said, well, happy for you. But she's turning 14 this year. And I said, well, look, yeah, happy to. But she's not as big. She's quite slight. She's more like a mother. And um, I said, yeah, well, as soon as you can tackle me, <laughs> then you can play. <laughs> well, technically, right? Like, he's, you, you got to teach them technically to put their head in the right spot so mm. they don't. Because, um, you know, because girls obviously and boys develop at different times and um, turning 14 this year, she, you know, there'll be quite a few big girls there. And particularly in rugby league over here, bro, like the, I think the NRLW, when we're talking about women's sport as well, in terms of, of, of how quickly they've developed, the NRLW is by far, I believe, cricket's pretty close. Um, but I would say the NRLW is, is the best woman's product out there. Like it is, I love watching the game. I love watching it. Like I, I watch every game and the skill level, the physicality is, is unbelievable. So it's gone to a 10 team competition this year. So she, she desperately wants to play a bit of, bit of rugby league. So Hopefully, maybe next year she might have it. Might get a Guernsey. So, in your region, JP, what's the accessibility for girls to play rugby league and rugby union? Oh no, it's it's massive over here, but to, not necessarily rugby union, um, mate. We the diversity of sports, mate. And we've said this many times. It's just we don't have the population and the money, um, but it's also free to air television over here. Yes. Channel 9 over here with Stan Sport um, has been putting more games free to air so people can watch, but it just does not get the exposure. Um, so the numbers just aren't there. But the sevens game is massive. The sevens game, actually, and in, in particularly for for women, is is 
um, far, far bigger than I thought it would be. Uh, but the 15s is definitely struggling from the female's point of view. Mm. And Eddie Jones is going to look after the 15s. I know that was the announcement uh, when he came in. He said he was going to be like coaching director for the, what are they called, Wallaroos? Well, no, what are the, what's... Yeah, 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 Wallaroos. Yeah. Is that still going to happen? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. He's, um, look, and, and that was always the thing with Eddie coming in. Um, Eddie was, uh, that was always the big issue. It wasn't necessarily just out what was happening on the field. It was also the, the direction on where all our stakeholders, like in terms of club rugby, um, our transition into pathways um, and our coaching. Um, Eddie actually, which I actually wrote to the, I sent this to Rugby Australia, I think, 12 years ago. We need to work more on fundamental skills at training. Because you're looking at coaches, right, at currently in the, at the moment. See, so if you have a, a player that has played from 15, oh, sorry, from 5 to 17, right, 12 years of playing rugby, they potentially have had 12 different coaches, hmm. teaching them 12 different things. And the game of rugby, you see coaches basically just trying to trying to coach organized like team organization and teach the game but you've got 50 like potentially have 12 different ways of teaching that whereas the the fundamental skills if they know the skills and know how to catch pass step scrum line out clean out tackle you can teach them anything with regards to the game plan itself but we we don't we haven't had enough focus on the fundamentals of rugby. And so I think that was one of Eddie's biggest things, and that is being able to unify the skill level. Takes me back to Aaron Smith. I asked him how he developed his pass because a lot of people regard him as having the best pass in the world. And oh, easily. he easily. said when he was a kid, he'd go out on the back lawn with his dad and they'd get the wheelie bin and he had to hit it in it a hundred times in a row before dinner every day <laughs> as a kid. Hundred percent, mm. absolutely. But I remember, I remember Tom Lawton said to me, um, the great Tom Lawton, big turtle, and he came to me at I was I was in Colts, I was only I think I was only eighteen at the time, and he came to me, he came to our training session, our club training session, and he pulled me aside and he said, "Mate, you got to throw the ball ten thousand times in the off season, and you have to run." I used to run on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Fast forward, you know, sort of six years later and I'm three years into the Wallabies and I catch up with him at, a, at an aftermatch function. I said, mate, thank you so much for that advice, mate. I did that. I ran on Christmas Day and Boxing Day and threw 10,000 times. And he goes, he goes, oh, that's so funny. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, though. <laughs> That is gold. Now, um, we've had a request from a listener um, because Sammy did a big, um, when Sean Johnson got the drop goal and it was just an, it was an oh, amazing goal, golden point. Herb game. Mm. game. And, and we put game. some music to it. And one of, one of you've got many, many supporters and many listeners and many fans on our airways. And they asked us to do the same thing for that famous try of yours against the All Blacks. So just sit back and have a listen to this, JP. Oh. <laughs> Today, Kepu. Eight minutes to go. Australia now. Paper. There it is. <laughs> 
Goosebumps. <laughs> so good. Oh, wow. Memories, eh? Wow. And we were trying to find the commentary of that, and I found, we're not going to play them, but I found a lot. You scored a lot of tries. Mate, I was actually the, um, when I retired, I was, the, I was the leading try scorer, forward try scorer in the history for the Wallabies at 14, I think I was, when I finished up. Um, and none of those were off the back of them all. No. Um, like, yeah, those are the days we didn't have them all. Or mauling wasn't as as much as a, as a weapon it is now, right? Like where you've got hookers scoring, you know, eight tries a year because of they're on the back of the back of the mall. But oh, look, when you play with the players that I played, all I used to, I every time we do the revision, they go, "Oh, there's Ming running it," because I used to do the fat man alley like yeah. straight up the middle of the field. Because I just used to anticipate, because always uh, you had the players that you knew if they made a break, there'd have to be a bit of support there. So um, I just always would cut cut through the fat man's alley straight up the middle of the field, and just pray that. It, and I'd always always have my hand up in the air, going, "Yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here." Like I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> it was funny watching some of those highlights and stuff. And Brumbies and and Wallabies. Geez, you played with some. Just the word that came to me was clinical when when you had Mortlock and George Smith and even Elton Flatley and Chris Latham and there was just strike all over the park and as a New Zealander it seems weird to say this but I miss that about the Australian rugby program just strike weapons across the park. Uh, mate, mate, actually it's not weird because I think a really strong Wallabies makes a stronger All Black side mm. because the Bledisloe Cup like it was always. Like leading up, like particularly in those times when we won five Bledisloe Cups um, in five years, it it put a lot of pressure back on the All Blacks to perform, right? And it was actually a really good hit out for the Rugby World Cup that year. And it was a great indication of where the All Blacks were. Like so, and, and again, a strong Wallaby side, particularly in the Sanzar competition, because we always know South Africa with the depth of players that they had, it just always increased the depth within Super Rugby, which also made that in itself of the you know the elite competition in the world. So yeah, mate, mate, a stronger, a strong Wallaby, and it's like the Warriors, bro, in the in the NRL now. A strong Warriors team makes the NRL stronger mm. because we're going to see more players going to it, right? So, oh, mate, look, it's. <sighs> It's it's hard to continually say this over and over again, but mate, now we're we are in a hole. Eddie Jones, you played under him. What's he going to be like this week on the back of two losses? He's still positive in the media. What's he going to be like with the players? Oh, look, it's again, mate. It's we're, we're talking about a rugby world cup this year. You're playing for spots to go to a rugby world cup, and again, looking at the last two games of gone back over and reviewed them again. There, There is times where we play good footy. But for a coach, and and you, I think you've got arguably the best coach in the competition coming on shortly in terms of the NRL, um, the Warriors coach, um, where there's that cultural shift, right? Like, and he gets, he gets the team and he's able, and that's what a good coach does. He gets his players up. And then you, when you're reviewing the games, and like I did, I went back, there are times there where we have really, really good patches and then we switch off. 
And a lot of that comes back to defense. Like a lot of it always comes back to defense. If you can muscle up in defense and particularly in those physicality areas in the breakdown, then off the back of that, mate, it doesn't matter if you only score six points as long as they score three or under, like, or as long as they score nothing. Like, points will always come off the back of your defense because if you continually hold out teams where they can't get across because you're basically standing up to them and saying, mate, not in my house, mate, you're not coming. No, you're not getting over this line. And that's that's an attitudinal thing. And I think that's where Eddie really is just going to be concentrating over these next two games is the attitude in defence and that physicality area, like particularly now the breakdown, where the breakdown has become – because, see, back in my day, mate, you'd never see Joe Roth, like George Gregan, in his early days maybe. Anyone from basically 10 onwards, upwards, would never get into a ruck. It'd be like not a chance in the world and try and pilfer the ball. Now, mate, Mark Talia is like one of the best pilferers in the game. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, the game has changed dramatically from that aspect. And I just, I feel that's where we can make huge improvements to be. And that's what also builds the culture of the team because you're saying to your mate next to you that, mate, I'm, I'm having a crack for you. And that's where that camaraderie starts. And I think that's that's what Eddie will be concentrating on this week is to stay in the game for longer minutes. And that's not an attack, but throw everything in defence. Yeah, because his, his line was, I'm looking forward to put the All Blacks under pressure early because that hasn't been done in their first two games, which he's probably got a point, but the All Blacks I don't think could have been held out by anyone in their first 20 of their first two test matches so is that what you think is that what you're expecting the All Blacks will try and start fast and the Wallabies will try and smash them even faster oh look they, they're always going to start fast that 27 minutes last week against the Springboks was arguably the best footy I've seen for a long time mm. from the from the All Blacks it was just amazing and look you take Shannon Frizzell right like his first half was just out of this world. So you don't need him to do much in the second half. Like he's done what you've done, what you've had to do. Um, and that's where other players have to then stand up. Like, again, it just comes back to doing your job. But ironically, the Wallabies have actually started incredibly well. Like, like I said, with Eddie, my entire career, start fast, start fast. Cause that sets up the game. Right? It always sets up the game. Look, if you're behind in that first, like the spring box, they never, even though they came back, you use a lot of juice to come back, mate. Like, it, it's it's almost impossible to come back. Like, And I suppose that was always why we were so close as a Wallaby side back in the day because remember that, that 2000 game you just played? We were down 24-0 in 13 minutes. Mm. And we came back to 24-all at half time. So it was a clean slate going into the second half. And that's the measurement that you will guide as a coach on your playing group but that's pretty rare actually like to have a side that can do that and and it, and you need to be playing a good footy to be even about to achieve that but oh look at the, the wallabies actually their start has been we've scored we scored first in both games like and have looked incredibly good when passing the ball i think the other thing for eddie this week is is like with regards to the kicking game like kicking again is a big and a very important part of the game and, and your strategy. 
don't know why we're not using 5020s, whatever it is. Like, it's if that's the rule, I think. Like, being able to get that, I don't know why we're not strategically doing that better. Um, but the kicking game, it needs to be like the All Blacks last week where Will Jordan took a couple, Mark Talia took a couple. It, it, it needs to be able to be a weapon where you can actually compete for it and not only compete but win that back because you get, you're gaining 30 to 40 metres in terms of territory. So I think the kicking game is is has to I, – I'd like them just to put it in the back door, actually. Like, put it in the back – put it in the back and just run it. Mm. Just have a crack. Like, only use it as a last resort because you, you just can't get through and then look for territory and kick out and then work harder on the defensive line out. One question from Graham before we go. JP, he's a great man from uh, Tanifar country, but currently in Marlborough. He's just saying, can you ask JP why Pete Samu's been dropped? He was incredible in Super Rugby. Oh, look, me too, mate. I, I don't, I don't know. Look, coaches will always have, I suppose, their view on players. Maybe because he signed to go overseas as well, um, and he's looking for the future, um, and will only maybe use Pete. Um, in case, but mate, I want to see. Like, uh, w- what I would do is I'd have Tate McDermott start this weekend. Still, don't want to push um, Carter Gordon too early. I think he's, I think he's definitely better to be used off the bench. Um, but I'd like to see Geordie Pattaya at thirteen and Andrew Callaway at fifteen this weekend. Like, I think, I think you've got to give these guys an opportunity, but. Definitely would love to see Tate McDermott get a start. I really want to see this kid play because there's a weapon tacking around the ruck. Have a ball running nine. Like, that's how you put pressure. That's how you shrink the defense. Like, if, if you're making – you've got to go through them to, get the, to then have the opportunity to go around them. We're trying to go around both – in both games, we're trying to go around them. But we haven't, we haven't even gone through the middle yet. So, the only way you jam defenses up is if you go through the middle, and that's with the running halfback. So – Hopefully we see more of Tate McDermott. And just a just a g'day from Ken. He's just saying I can't see the Aussies standing up against the All Blacks. He thinks it'll be the All Blacks by forty plus. God, I hate agreeing with Ken. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, I think we'll see a better. Look, I think we'll see a better fight. Um, the MCG has been good to the Wallabies over the years. I think we've won the last. Oh, I think we lost one, but we've we've won three three out of the last four there. I think so. I'd, I'd like to think that ground is is good for us, but uh, look, you, you just want to see them play longer minutes, like mm. be in the contest for longer minutes. So, um, yeah, we'll be in a world of hurt and so much pressure if we get smacked by 40. Mm. Top man, JP, I'll give you Friday off. Oh, appreciate that, bro. Really appreciate that. Thanks, my man. Cheers, mate. Enjoy the MCG test match. It'll be a ripper. Go the Waz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the Warrior bandwagon. I want it. <laughs> yeah, jump on. You got a ticket. Jeremy Paul show. Every normally Friday. We did it Wednesday. We'll be back shortly.